best way to learn a language? Immersion. Living where the language is spoken and using it every day. But if that's not in the cards this year, you can still learn a language the second best way. And that's with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts and help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Babbel's designed by real people for real conversations, and their tips and tools are approachable, accessible, rooted in real-life situations, and delivered with conversation-based teaching, so you're ready to practice what you've learned in the real world. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at babbel.com slash bluewire. That's 60% off at babbel.com slash bluewire, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash bluewire. Rules and restrictions apply. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. What is going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Talking Halos. I'm your host today, Jared Timms, and I'm joined alongside my co-hosts, my partners in crime, Brock Davis and Nate Green. Nate, you're lagging a little bit today. I'm sure everybody's going to absolutely give you one for that, so that'll be fun. Brock, how you doing? Hopefully, I won't be laggy. 
I think I think I'm okay. I paid top dollar for that Spectrum Internet, so hopefully it does me does me good today. That's good. Yeah, and I, I don't even know what internet I have. All I know is Nate is lagging, and you're gonna have fun with that. So, with what does it matter? No, I mean, I'll, I guess I'll ask. How are you doing? Are you okay? That's fine. Let, let, yeah, yeah. Let's let's just go. Hey, does Boost Mobile offer internet? Is that what you're on or what? Uh, let's just get goodness. this. Let's just get this. <laughs> oh, there he goes. He is lagging like crazy. All right, well, let's get it going here. Let's get it going, guys. Uh, before we get going, though, uh, as always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast here at Talking Halos, watching us as well on YouTube. Really do appreciate if you could pound that subscribe button. Uh, before we go any further, like this if you are watching us on YouTube. If you're listening to this, of course, subscribe wherever you are listening. You can follow us on all our social medias, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can follow myself on Twitter, Jader underscore Tim's, Brock at BDROX8, and Nate at NateGreen34. Guys, let's get it rolling. little prospect talk here for you guys. I asked it on Twitter. I'm going to ask it here. I'll give Brock a second to think about it. Nate, I'll go to you first on this. We have a consensus one, two. And the Angels org with Neto and Ohapi in some type of order. Not going to say which order, but in some type of order, one, two is Ohapi. And you always got to be different, don't you? I like being different. Yeah. Who is your number number three prospect? Oh, man. This this is close. There's quite a few of them. Yeah, yeah. It's close for me. I, I have two guys that I go back and forth with. Um just because I think Denzer Guzman could be an absolute superstar. He's he's one, he's in the conversation. Um, what we saw from Silseth last year puts him in the conversation as well. Um with the with the high fastball, with with the good off speed, you know, one good splitter, an okay slider, like it, it could be a little bit sharper at times, things like that. But you can tell he he could be pieces are like, there. Yeah, he could be a rotation piece. Yes. Um because he's closer. To the big leagues, and he actually might start the year in the big leagues. Um, but because of those reasons, I'm going to say Silseth is three for me. But Guzman potential, long-term potential, I think he has the chance to be the best player of anyone in the Angels org. But for right now, where we're at, part of prospect ranking is who's closest um, and who's who's going to make the, the impact right now. And we know Silseth is going to make a major league impact. So Silseth is three for me. Yeah. Um, interesting. Interesting. I'll give you, I'll give you that. Um, some other options as well. Maybe you mentioned Silseth. Kai Bush is one of those guys. Edgar Caro, who's coming off a fantastic, fantastic 2022 season. Sam Bachman, who we're seeing videos of him coming in this offseason. Uh, looks like the velo is back up. Uh, touching 95 to 98 again, hitting that 99. I haven't seen triple digits yet, but looks like he is going to be back and healthy again, which will be real fun to see what he brings to the table. You already mentioned it. Denzer Guzman looks like he could be an absolute superstar in the making. We'll see how he does in this 2023 season. Assume he starts in high A. And then there's some other guys too. I mean, you could throw in the mix like a Nelson Rada, um, a Werner Blakely, I guess, but probably not. I know I got a lot of replies saying Ben Joyce. For me, I'm not in on the reliever being up that high because he is just a reliever. Um, but if you believe that he is the next Josh Hader, then that's not an issue to put him at three then, right? So with all that being said, Brock, what do you got? Who's your number three prospect in the org? Yeah, I'm going to piggyback off of uh, what Nate said. I think... I think Chase Silseth is like a a dark horse 
rookie of the year candidate. We already talked about that, right? We talked about that mm-hmm. last week. I, I think Silseth is an easy three in that kind of a plug and play there. And I think we're not going to see much, if any, of Nito this year. I know we talked about that already too. So Ohapi's going to be, I think it's going to be between him and Silseth. And I think Silseth is going to potentially start in the majors, just like Nate said. And I think that he's going to surprise a lot of people. I do. Based off what we saw last year, I think he's going to surprise a lot of people. And I think he could potentially, statistically speaking, be one of our top three starters in our rotation easily. Because, I mean, Otani is going to be one, obviously. And I think that two and three spots are going to be kind of a battle between Sandoval, uh, uh, Anderson, and Silseth, in my opinion. I think Silseth has the potential to be up there for sure. I actually have to agree with you on this one because I think that you look around the league and there aren't going to be – there's always those starting rookie starters who you know come out and throw up that mid – like that – high three ERA for a hundred plus innings. And, um, you know, they get, you know, they throw a hundred innings, they get a hundred strikeouts and everything like that. You look at Silseth and the stuff that he brought to the table and he has a chance to be really good. Like Nate mentioned it. You, you both mentioned it. He has a chance to be really stinking good. Like he's got the upper nineties fastball. He's got the slider, which has good movement and good shape and everything like that. It could be a little sharper. Like Nate said, for sure. He's got another out pitch as well. The splitter, honestly, what he needs to get better at is, first throwing strikes, but second, he needs to get more movement on the fastball because that, when that thing flattens out, 98 is easy to hit. I know between us, it's not easy to hit, but for a professional major leaguer, 98 flat is going to be easy. That's like seeing 92 down the middle. So, um, yeah, with all that being said, like, I, I do think, I do agree. I think that there's a chance that, you know, Silseth has, has, has earned the number three spot. I, I will agree with you guys on that without giving away my top prospect list. You always look at what the angels have done well in the past. And for the longest time, they weren't developing well recent years. They've developed pitching very well. So if you're not going to put a pitcher at one or two, because one and two right now are better than any other options that you have. Realistically, that that's the case. Like the Neto and Ohapi right now are better than anybody else that the angels have. You, you have to start looking at pitchers really filling up three, four, five, you know, going down as far as you believe are better than those hitters. So again, without giving away anything, that's kind of where I stand. Um, I think, you know, Silseth has earned the three spot, um, but you can make an argument for anybody that I mentioned there. Honestly, re- you really could. Like we talked to Enzer Guzman. If you've seen Guzman out, uh, out in Inland Empire, he has the makings of a very, very good, a good shortstop. He's going to stick at shortstop. He's already going to hit. He's already, uh, he has some power in his swing in BP. That power needs to translate to end game. Um, he, he has all the makings of being really good. It's just if the Angels can develop that, and the Angels haven't developed infield, the Angels haven't developed position players in the longest time. And you can, can get on time to the fastball. Like, so that's what it comes down to. If he can he get on time to the fastball, he's going to be, he's going to be a superstar. Correct. Correct. Uh, I, and I, I do agree with that. Um, doesn't strike out, doesn't strike out a whole lot. Gets on base a lot, sees you know deep pitches. I think Guzman is that dark horse for number three for a lot of people. Um, you guys mentioned it. Silseth has a chance to probably be the best AL starter. As he, he has a shot to put up Kirby slash Gilbert numbers from last year. Very similar, like somewhere in the low threes, maybe absolutely three two three three 
130, 150 innings, 150 Ks to 170 Ks, somewhere in there. Yep. Yeah. He has again two out pitches, the fastball and the upper nines. That's all going to play. Needs the command. You got a guy like Kai Bush. It's a lower level Reed Detmers, in my opinion. He's got the he's got the heater that he's going to spot well, and he has three other out pitches. He's got the slider, the curveball, and the changeup. Um, the curveball plays well off the slider. The slider plays well off the curveball, and the changeup he can throw um, to righties and get swings and misses on. So there's that guy down there, Sam Bachman, and we already mentioned if he can ha- come out healthy this year, he looks fan- already looks fantastic this off season. Getting reports on him. Um, you know, in that upper nines area, which is huge for him. The slider looked good. Two sliders, by the way, two different sliders look fantastic. The changeup, which is going to be that massive third pitch for him. If he can figure out the changeup, he's going to remain a starter. And, you know, the ceiling, the sky's the limit for him. So, um, and then, you know, of course, Edgar Caro, who had a fantastic year last year. We have to throw this out there. We'll, when Taylor Blake Ward comes back on again, because this is all we talk about. When Taylor, don't look at his stats this year if he is in high A please don't freak out about it. And this is why I'm extremely happy he's not in the top 100 either, by the way, because he's not going to hit well in, in high A at all. Nobody's ever hit well there. That's just kind of how it works, um, unfortunately. So expect him to not hit very well if he's in high A. Expect it's him to learn how to catch. Close could be good. Yes. Expect expect him to learn how to catch, though. That's a big thing. Yes, he, th- that's why he's not there for me. He can't yeah. catch right now. Nope. Yeah. He, he cannot catch Velo. We have seen it up close and personal. He yep. struggles with upper nines. And that's what that's what you're you're gonna see. Like you you've already seen like Otani's upper nines. You've seen the bullpen that they've constructed. There's gonna be Sil a lot of guys. Still says upper nines. Estevez, who they signed, is upper nines. Like they've got a bunch of guys that throw really really hard. Ben Joyce will be in the bullpen at some point. He yeah. throws really really hard. And we've seen Kiro struggle with upper with with fastballs that are hard. Um, we've and seen move, him struggle with movement as well. I got to give him yeah. that. Well, that's fair too. Uh, we've also seen him struggle, honestly, just catching the guys that throw hard because those guys usually aren't the most accurate pitchers. And we've seen him struggle with just like blocking the slider, with just like catching the fastball, things like that. That That's why he's not three for me, um, especially at a position where you've got to be defensively sound. If he was like an elite catcher and putting up the, the numbers that he did last year, he's in the top 100 easily. He's probably one or two prospect wise like yeah. maybe maybe like that's where he would have been at so he's easy, easy three if he showed that he could catch to me yeah for sure easy three and then in the conversation for one or two if if he's like a legit catcher and put up the numbers that he put up last year but that's why he's not three for me because i have not seen him catch the uh the velo guys and then Dark Horse, one last Dark Horse for me, Nelson Arada. You look at what he did as a 16-year-old in the DSL, was the best player in the DSL by far. Um, just did everything right. Five-tool player. Honestly, just really can do it Can do it all. We'll see if he leans into a little bit more power here when he comes stateside this year. Um, but I'm not going to put him three yet just because, again, how many times have we seen somebody be really good in the DSL um, and not be good when they come over? It happens all the time. Um, you know, so let's, let's, let's hold tight there before we put him any higher, but he is definitely somebody to watch. So, uh, if you're watching us here on YouTube, drop it in the comments below, really interested to know what everybody else thinks. I threw the poll out there on Twitter as well. So with that being said, let's get on to our next topic here. Um, the angels, they're very, very close. We, we think that they have the makings of being a contender this year. Can't say that they're World Series favorite. Can't say that they're the AOS favorite. But they could be a contender this year. Can we both agree? Can we all agree on that? 
Nate, sure. shake your head. They could be a contender. Sure. Thanks. Sure. Just agree. Like sure, sure is probably the best answer. Honestly. There we go. Just just say <laughs> sure and roll with the punches here. So with that being said, Brock, I'll start with you here. What final moves here in the next, what do we have? Two weeks before pitchers and catchers report. And is it three, three weeks, weeks three weeks before, before first angels game. Three weeks before the first angel spring training games, two and a half, one and a half weeks, two weeks until pitchers and catchers report. What do the angels need to do to push it over the edge to say, Hey, this team is a, to make Nate think that they're a contender. Let's go with that. How are we going to make uh, Nate Jesus. Think a contender? I, don't I know, know if that's possible. I, I know how to do it. I don't think it's possible to make Nate think they're a contender, but let's give a little bit of hope to everybody else that this team could actually go out and win 90 games and be a legitimate contender, maybe not in the LS, but for a wild card spot, like how they were for the first 40 something games of last season. Give us some hope here. What do they need to do? I struggle with these questions so much because I end up on a fence of what should happen and what I want to do or like what, you, what I what want to do. What do you want to do? Cause I don't care what, I don't care what actually happens. Cause that's, what's actually going to happen. Right. Like, I want to know what you think they're going to, what, well, what you want to do. Like, well, they, the reason I'm saying that is because purely based off of our conversation last week about Trevor Bauer, right? Like if I only cared about winning, that's all I cared about. I would take a flyer on, on Trevor Bauer, paying him the league minimum. I would trade for Hassan Kim and off the top of my head, I can't think of any, can't think of any other moves, um, especially free agency wise, as far as the remaining uh, bullpen arms, I can't even, I'm having a brain fart right now. I've seen so many names pop up lately of, Oh, angels of Lincoln. Yeah. It's like every, every other name that's in free agency right now, the angels have been linked to, or I've checked in on them. Um, Gary Sanchez. I mean, depending on the price, why not? Right. Catcher depth is never really a bad thing to have, um, especially in the angels org. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't really want to sign Bauer. I don't personally, but if I were a GM, I would take the flyer on it because as far as risk versus reward goes, honestly, you can't really get much better than that. If you didn't give a crap about reputation or clubhouse, uh, factorials, to be honest, because we all know the kind of impact that would have, um, maybe do more harm than good. You never really know until he's in the clubhouse, but uh, yeah, I mean, Hassan Kim, I think, would be a pretty solid addition. I honestly don't really see um, – I, I know the Padres are saying they're going to move Tatis to the outfield. I don't know how that transition is going to go, and that's the only reason that Hassan Kim is even relative to their roster right now because um, obviously they have Machado, they have uh, Bogarts, and then the Hassan Kim and Tatis. Machado's, I think, I think he's a free agent at the end of this year or has an opt-out, one of the two. Um, so he would be relevant next year, but I think that would be a really good trade target for the angels, especially if they could, uh, if they wanted to do some type of prospect package and have a starter or a reliever thrown in that thrown in there as well with them, it would take a lot, but I think it might end up being worth it. Cause I think Hassan Kim is like under control for two or three more years or something like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's so hard, dude. And then you got to go into the talks of. Are we going to even, are we going to extend Otani? You know, because if we extend Otani, they might not make a single more move for the rest of the year, especially when it comes to free agency. They're not going to take a flyer on a trade for a guy that's in his walk year, or they might, but it's just, it's, it's so difficult, dude. And honestly, a lot comes down to extending Otani or not. A lot of it does because we all know what kind of price that's going to demand. 
<laughs> and that alters every other decision that they're going to make every single one. Yeah. So. And, and with the news already coming back, if already doesn't think about the impact that plays on the fan base, not necessarily the, the org itself. And Nate, I know we just talked he about He doesn't this. care about the fan base. If I he cared about the fan base, he would have sold the team seven years ago when he knew that everyone hated him. If he, so, if, no, if. he doesn't care about what anyone thinks about him. All he cares about is how much green he gets. He doesn't that doesn't that I, I, I didn't listen to last week's or your guys' podcast <sighs> about it, but that should make it more likely that they extend, right? No, Artie's because thing. Otani wants to win. There has been not one thing that sh- that Artie Moreno has shown Shohei Otani in his entire lifetime as the Angels owner that says Shohei Otani. Guess what? I know how to win baseball games. So, so to, it's, a, it's to a valid be, point. It's a valid. And, point. and so why why would I sign with a place where I want to win and he he can't win? I'd rather. See, go but to everybody said the same exact thing year. about Trout, though, right? When Trout was about to sign, you only had to fool my Trout one time. Always talked about. That's true. You You're only right. had to fool him one time. You have to fool Shohei Otani twice because you had to fool true. him to sign with you, and then you have to fool him again to re-sign with you. You didn't <laughs> have to fool Mike Trout once. Reel it, reel it back in. We have another question at Sandy. I I I agree. And guys, because because I know everybody says like negative Nate and all that stuff. Passion, passion, wanting to win, right? Not negative. Passion, wanting to win proven prove that you want to win to this guy right like it's not negative nate it's passionate nate today so i mean um, i think we uh, could all agree that he's already well proven that that statement that that's nate's point right it's, that it's, it's, it's already win. been proven it's With, well proven over just years win. it's very yeah. true it is yeah no just where is the raiders owner to just say just win baby win that's all i care about <laughs> i mean the raiders haven't won in like ever they made the playoffs <laughs> they've made the playoffs in more recently right. than the angels that's true it in Reel it in, reel it in. We had another question at State. We had another question to be answered. With that being said, with the news about Artie coming out, I'm, I'm ending it here. Do not say anything else about Artie. Artie better be walking around the stadium. He better lower beer prices, and he better go over the luxury tax. He doesn't need to go Steve Cohen. Nate, don't say anything. I know you want to say something. He doesn't need to go Steve Cohen. He doesn't need to go Steve Cohen or anything like that. But you need to go out, and you need to actually show that you care about this team, and you care about the organization. You care about the fan base. Because he hasn't been to a game since 2020, maybe 2019. I'm going to be honest. Tell me when the last time. It could have been 2021, to be honest. But he hasn't been to a game in God knows how long. I know he was at spring training last year and showed face. He hasn't He hasn't done an interview with the for, the for the Oregon three years. Like, at least just show that you care about the fans. Show that you care about everything. So, That's with that being said. Likes him. Yeah. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say it. I'm not putting the target on my back here. I had a lot of people that like me. With that being said. What I would do, and Nate, go ahead to try to try to win go you ahead. over here. I'm I'm signing Michael Walker. Is that a good first move? You're welcome. That's, fu- that's fine. That's at least a guy who knows what a playoff game looks like. I'm signing Gary Sanchez. I'm trading Max Stassi for a little bit of bullpen help. Are you happy with that? It doesn't. I don't know if it makes him a winner, but it in. It improves the offense. It improves that it makes them a little bit deeper. They didn't go get that shortstop, but that's, that's all that. Why, that's, that's exactly all, where I'm going with this. You know that, you right? Can't, like, you, according to you, you can't make the playoffs right now with this team because they don't have a shortstop. And I don't disagree with you by any means. There is not a shortstop out there right now that's going to push them. Into we don't have a guy who can play shortstop right now. Right now, if the ball is hit to shortstop, there's not a guy there to field it unless you're putting Andrew Velasquez there. Like Luis Rangifo can play shortstop. 
But he can't play at a good enough level that's going to make the pitchers better. And why? David Fletcher can play shortstop, but he's not going to make the pitchers better. And, and we've got is... a lot of guys that get ground ball outs. This is why There's I'm no ha- shift this, year. this is why I'm happy be able about to play this. Really, really good defense. This is why I'm happy about this roster because this is something that I've been wanting the Angels to do for quite some time now. And Nate, I know you're not happy about it, but you went out and spent money on not necessarily the best guys, but the right guys. You went out and spent money on the right guys. The right guy clear. would have been a shortstop, but keep correct, going. correct. But but instead of spending thirty five million dollars or thirty million dollars, whatever Correa got, you know, yes, you could have gone twenty something or for one of those other guys. You distributed it out. You got deeper, which is if you look exactly what the 49ers did this year, went through four quarterbacks. Like it's 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 proven throughout all of sports. Yep. You need to be deep. But, but the 49ers are a different animal because they have one of the best offensive minds in football, and that guy can turn anything into and I just go get go make yourself a good offense. But but the problem is Kyle Shanahan knows how to develop. He's one of the best developers in, in all of football. Pushing, we don't have anyone who can my, develop. You're pushing mine, you're pushing my stuff all the way around now. At this point, I said, go we make a good offense. Develop. And you're like, you need a good development system. We know the angels can't de- haven't been developing very well on the offensive side of things. We, Taylor we Ward that. does not count. Ta- I don't know what we you want think. to like, see. Another ta- year of Taylor, Taylor Ward, Jared Walsh, David Fletcher, those type of guys like David Fletcher is a subpar hitter. Jared Walsh has shown that he's been good for a year, total half a year. in his career, half a, half a year, to be honest. Um, and then who did I say? Taylor Ward was good for the first half of last year. He's shown that he can be good. Like over the last three years since 2020, if you look at his stats, he's been pretty good. He's been like a 110 WRC plus, maybe 115 WRC plus guy, plays good defense in the outfield. Like they found something there. They did good. They were able to develop him. Yes, but like everybody else, like Joe Adels, uh everybody else that Brandon has, Marsh until he Brandon went to the Marsh Phillies. Until he went to the Phillies. Any other top prospects? I mean, you can even go back. Like e- even farther than that, Roberto Baldacine. If you really want to, if you really want to, Brandon Wood, Brandon oh. Wood. Like I mean, you can go back even even farther, you know, um, than that too. And and the Angels just haven't developed very well. It, it, and Mike Trout doesn't count either, because I know a lot of people are going to say that too. too but he's a phenomenon. That I feel like we did. What what did we do to develop Mike Trout personally? What did we do? Yeah, like, I mean, yeah, you're you're not wrong. They drafted well that year, and you look at. That's yes, that's that's what it was. So, Nate, I'll give you your opportunity. You're a damn shortstop. What I mean, a shortstop like you're they, good they with need, signing Elvis Andrews. No, Elvis body. Andrews is not good enough to make the playoffs. Like you, There's you gotta else go out there. Ahmed Rosario. I would rather run Ahmed Rosario out there every single day than run out there. What we're you know what the price? There. You know what the price is? Gonna I don't be care what the price is. The price is. Do you want to make the playoffs? Have. The price is, do you want to make the playoffs or do you want to sit here and win 76 games again? So if you want to win 78 games, that's fine. Then, then go ahead and, and do what you're doing. That's fine. But if you want to be a playoff team, you need a playoff caliber shortstop. Ahmed Rosario showed last year that he was a good player. Good player. He was a top-ranked prospect in the Mets system before he was traded for Francisco Lindor. He had a very good offensive year last year. He struggled defensively, but he's athletic enough where you could you could make something happen with him and just say, go be athletic and play shortstop. You're not going to play the shift. We're not going to put you in a certain spot. You're just going to be athletic, make plays, and move on. And yes, it's going to cost prospects. But guess what? You haven't developed a prospect in how long? So what does it freaking matter? Would you have given up Brandon Marsh for Corey Kluber? Probably not because that that was steep, you know, and we we thought Brandon Marsh could have been really good. But now that we know that the Angels can't develop to save their lives, why not just run the risk of, of throwing out Joe Adele 
and throwing out um, High Bush and throwing out another guy and saying, here, we'll take Rosario on one year contract and we we want a shot. We we want a shot. Like if if you don't want a shot, if you 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 gotta look at what these teams have done to to be good, right? Some of these teams have had to go all in. Some the teams that haven't had to go all in, they've been one of the best developers, right? Atlanta has gone all in. They went they changed their entire outfield the year they won the World Series. They made four trades at the deadline to win the World Series that year. And also um, has a good farm system though. Th- they do. They do. But this is Rosario's walk year this year? What? This is Rosario's walk year? Yes, it is. Did you – but the Braves made four trades to make the World Series and win the World Series that year. The Astros made moves last year to go win the World Series. Every team that goes and wins a World Series has to make a move. So Now, some teams have to make a bigger move than others to get there because they're not as talented. Maybe they don't have the right um, development staff, whatever it is. The Angels are in that that move where it's like it's going to take a big move to get there. You're not the Dodgers. You can't just spit out a prospect and and he's going to turn into gold because that's what the Dodgers have done. That's what the the Braves have done. That's what uh, the Astros have kind of done. But you look at what the Mets are going to do. If the Mets are not winning the division or if they need something to put them over the hump, they're going to move Brett Beatty if they have to to win a World Series. They don't care. If they have to move Francisco Alvarez to win a World Series – they will move Francisco Alvarez. I don't think there's any chance they move Francisco Alvarez because I don't think that's going to happen. Like they're going to need to move him to win the World Series. But that is what Steve Cohen says. Steve Cohen says, whatever it takes to win this thing, I'm going to do. And I just don't see that with the Angels. The Angels are not in that that mode where it's like, you should be in whatever it takes. Like we should be emptying the farm system this year. We should be doing whatever it takes. With Shohei Otani in his last year, you need to prove to him that you want to win if you want to keep him. You need to prove to him that you will do whatever it takes to win. And if you go another year without making the playoffs with Mike Trout, Shohei Otani, and if you want to throw Anthony Rendon in there, you can. But if you want to go another year without those guys making the playoffs and have to hear from the media over and over again about how you guys can't win with three of the best players in your generation, then then fine. Settle for where you're at. But these guys, like, you've got to make a big move. In July. Well, that's too late. That That's too late. Because I mean, the big the big move could even uh, be now, too, where it's like, we're, we're, if I think you're waiting we're all till July, being half in, half out. If you're waiting until July, Shohei Otani is going to be traded. That's going to be the big move in July. So here's, here's, here's the difference, too. And I'll, For I'll, next I'll, to nothing. I'm going to wrap, I'm wrapping it up here. I mean, Otani's going to be worth something in July. Yeah, he will be. I don't know if it's going to be to the, a lot, to the right team. Yeah, he, he he's going to be worth something if they decide to trade him, which already shown we'll they like to trade those guys. Um, I mean, we're going against like we're saying that if you want to keep Otani, right? Like we didn't. Yeah, I, I want to make the playoffs. I don't care about keeping Otani at this point. Like Otani's going to help. But, but what does how do you keep Otani? By winning. Okay, and so. Well, Winning solves a lot of problems, right? That's that's been the motto for a win, long time. just win, baby, win. And if that if that means emptying the farm system to go get a proven guy, then that's what you got to do. Sure. But you can't keep playing this what if game. We've played this what if game for fifteen years. Of oh, let's just wait for this prospect. I promise you, this prospect well, is going to change have... the landscape of the entire organization. If we just wait one more year for him to be ready, 
Angels we'll don't have that prospect. The Angels don't have that prospect either, though. That's the thing. They don't have that. But, but that's what you, right that's now. what everyone's saying. Let's just wait for Neto. Let's not oh, get a okay. shortstop. Let's wait for Neto. He'll be the he'll be the savior of this franchise. Yes. If we're gonna play that game, you guys are gonna be disappointed. Damn. Is that negative Nate or passionate Nate? Passionate <laughs> Nate. I, I want to win. I, I'm sick and tired of hearing about this prospect and that prospect. I love prospects. Don't get me wrong. But it's my expertise. Come on. I love my prospects. I, prospects, I love prospects should be a backup plan, but, in my opinion. Prospects you should have, be a backup plan. But you can go get a guy that you know for sure can play at the major league level and help you for X amount of years. And if you don't want to trade for one year, guys, that's fine. Like, I don't have a problem with that. If you want to trade for a guy that has multiple years of team control, fine. That might cost you a little bit more, but it's okay. Because you know for sure this guy's going to be able to play at the major league level. He's going to be able to perform at the major league level. And you know exactly how much he's going to cost. That's fine. That's fine. So now we know what we need to do to make the playoffs and to make Nate happy. So just go get a shortstop and win. And I'm fine with that. So with all that being said, thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast and watching it as well. Drop a comment down below what you guys think the Angels should do to make it to the playoffs, as well as the question before who the Angels' number three prospect is since there's consensus top one and two up there. Don't forget to follow us on all our social medias, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can follow myself on Twitter, Jay underscore Tim's, Nate at NateGreen34, and Brock at BDROX8. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day. Mm-hmm.